0: This podcast is presented by Pacific Office Automation. Proud
1: partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at PacificOffice.com.
0: J.J. Watt in the backfield. J.J. Watt, baby. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. Welcome to Cardinals Underground. Presented by Pacific Office Automation. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Touchdown, Tyler Murray. That defender is in multiple pieces. Oh, that was nasty right there, right? The latest news and notes from the insiders who cover the team. Drilled by Simmons, Isaiah Simmons is balling. Bring it on, bring it on. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. I ain't scared of nobody.
1: Here's Paul Calvisi.
0: So I heard one newscast, right, with the weather report where they cited that these recent winds that have plagued Arizona, right? This winter storm El Grande that has come through the AZ, that we haven't seen winds like this in decades. And I said, well, have you looked over at the Cardinals headquarters? Them's the winds of change. That's what's blowing through Arizona right now. The winds of change led by Jonathan Gannon, Hurricane Gannon. Is what's well, maybe it's a tropical storm. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that's what's responsible.
2: That was good, Paul. I was
1: going to say how about that. How long did you have that in your back pocket?
0: Do I, I? I need a green screen where I can actually get in front and you know weather map and actually point and it that out. That was
1: good. I, I will say I uh, once upon a time in a previous lifetime I worked at the paper in Flagstaff. So I'm Facebook friends with a, uh, a guy who works at the paper there still, and uh, he put up there that at one point this morning I want to say it was right after i got somewhere in the 8 to 9 o'clock hour somewhere in there he put on facebook that all every every highway that was going in and out of flagstaff was officially closed they were you you were you were locked in flagstaff because mm. of the winds and the snow
0: mm. Mm. you know what it's Hurricane Buckle Up, is what it is. There
1: you go. Buckle Up. What you need serious.
0: to do, you need to take the map Arizona and all those freeways that are closed, just put a JG-ism on every one of them. That's what you do over there. All right, that's too much. Danny's now shaking her head. She's sick of me already. <laughs> We're only moments into Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation. Paulie Podcast here, Danny Sarek, Darren Urban. Danny, where do you want to start? I mean, you know, come on over there. Where, where would you like to start? What feels apropos?
2: Well, I think we should talk about new defensive coordinator Nick Rallis. He had his press conference with new head coach Jonathan Gannon on Wednesday afternoon, which we were all at. And I'm very proud of you, Paul. You got there early enough to get a seat this time. <laughs>
0: got a seat. I couldn't get a.
2: We were very excited question for No,
0: I couldn't get a question. Everybody jumped me. Sorry
1: about that. Sorry about
2: that. I just I, and I know we're going to go in depth. There was things that we learned that you know, first time getting to talk to the new DC about calling the defense and the vision and that that kind of stuff. But I will say I think my favorite part was Do tell Rollis, who is a young twenty nine, I believe the youngest oh coordinator God. in the you, league. Come got on. Got lots of Darren, you know where I'm going with this. No, I wait, got he, lots of questions about being a defensive coordinator at the ripe age of 29 and how young that is. And Do as someone who is just a few weeks out from turning 29, oh it made me feel a lot yeah. better Where's approaching this birthday. Bingo! Does my bingo card – my
0: bingo card has numbers. <laughs> see, That's what it has. I f-
1: I'm trying to figure out who had it in their back pocket longer. Danny talking I, about the 29 thing or you with the wind I, I gave
2: Darren, who I was sitting next to at the press conference, a few a few glances of, oh, another, another question about how young That's he right. is. Well,
1: it came up right before – the press conference right, started. Paul you were just had a birthday. And you were complaining yes. about it. I will say, okay, so what is, and this is very surface level, what is the statute of limitations on saying new? I, I And I'm not getting on you, but you said new defensive coordinator. And I'm realizing as I'm writing all these headlines yeah. that I keep putting new coach, new coordinator. I'm like, okay, at what point do I stop using that?
2: I think now that we have, I think maybe you got to give it a couple weeks. I would say maybe we get back from the combine and they're here for two or three weeks that's that's probably right enough they've kind of done something now with their titles right for the organization for the team not saying that jg hasn't been busy hiring his staff but i would say roughly two or three weeks since we're not in the season i'd
0: say the shelf life yeah about a month or so you know the the best used by you know they have on one of those packaged goods best used by you know one month or so because i
1: wasn't going to be able to talk about me being the same age as the head coach or, or really anybody on the coaching staff or in the front office. Well, guys,
0: remember the saying. In fact, Jonathan Gannon asked Nick Rollis right about that. He said, what's my saying? And Nick repeatedly repeated it just you know, in rote fashion. He said, quote, experience is not synonymous with knowledge. Almost like a kid would repeat what a parent says. Experience, yeah. Dad, is not synonymous with knowledge. You know what? That is true. Whether you were 30-year-old Sean McVay or 34-year-old John Gruden, if you can do the job. And if you're qualified, it doesn't really matter what your birth certificate says.
2: And that's how people in the front office feel about Jonathan Gannon. As I was talking to somebody right before Gannon's introductory press conference roughly a week ago and talking about the hire and, and the energy and how excited. And this person just kept saying to me, so smart so smart. Just wait and see how knowledgeable he is. And I think you can see that he feels the same sentiment as he is building his coaching staff as he's not making decisions based on youth per se. It is more about the culture that he wants to establish here and talking about those smarts, that intelligence. And so I don't think it's necessarily intentional that how old is new offensive coordinator Drew Pensing? 35 ish? Pretty young. Also
1: not in my brain in your
2: demographic but Gannon said that wasn't necessarily intentional
0: I I mean look somebody asked towards the end of his press conference somebody asked coach Rollis, said "Um, you know what do you think about your age and the fact there's like 12 or 15 players currently on the roster who are older than you and his answer was I don't think there's an advantage or disadvantage to any age being a coach just comes down to connecting with players maximizing players So if he has a proven track record in doing that, and according to Jonathan Gannon, he most definitely did that with the Eagles. Once again, here's someone who was part of a turnaround from four wins just two years ago to Super Bowl 57. So you can't tell me that isn't intriguing to the decision makers, bringing in a coaching staff that just helped execute that under Nick Sirianni. I keep coming back to that. If anybody knows, okay, what it's going to take – to get from four wins to a Super Bowl in just two years. Now, obviously it takes a lot of great players and the Eagles have a lot of great players. So you're gonna have to you know you're gonna have to crush the whole player acquisition process. And by the way, we'll get into that because Michael Bidwell had some news on the pash pod about how oh, that's about to change. That things will be done differently.
1: Sure sounds like it.
0: When it comes to the NFL draft and evaluating players. But in terms of the new uh, defensive coordinator, I honestly wasn't expecting the head coach to be part of the press conference.
2: I wasn't either. And then when, when the door opened, I heard someone clapping, and I'm thinking, who in the media is clapping to start this press conference? And Here's it was Jonathan drama- Gannon.
0: Here's a dramatic reenactment. The door opens, our backs are to the door, it's just, all right, let's go, here we are. And he, and he, he just comes right in and sits down, and you realize, okay. <laughs> All right. No mistaking, the head coach is
1: gonna be part of this press conference. Every, everybody in the post lunch lull as they're sitting waiting for <laughs> yeah. him. So it was a wake up call.
0: I mean it's are we able to determine is this gonna be the energy level henceforth?
2: I think a hundred percent. And and Every instance we have had with this new head coach, that is what the energy has been.
0: This isn't the new guy on the job, the new employee on the I don't job, any think employee so. on the job, like you are coming with gusto. I, I do
1: not remember Danny being like that when she walked in the door.
2: Okay. <laughs> I don't think so because when Gannon Back Ganon when was... she was
1: twenty seven.
2: Are you done? I'm done. I have the floor, Darren. You're right. When Gannon was hired. I had the Colts reporter reach out to me, who I'm friends with, and she was working in Indy when Gannon was there. And her message to me was, you are going to love him. He is so passionate. He cares about this job. He cares about his family. You have to come prepared, and you have to have the right questions, but he will have great answers, honest answers for you. But even then, she said, he has the passion, and he has the energy. And I feel like we have seen that. We talked about it last week on the podcast, of even when the lights and the cameras were off, he didn't flip a switch in terms of how he was carrying himself or talking with others
1: when I, I was I happen to be uh, around a photo shoot that he did uh, earlier this week and it ended up being late afternoon and he ended up down there with Rollis actually coincidentally they were down there at the same time and there was a camera on it for part of it then the camera was turned off and he's that's him that's him <laughs> Well, what's interesting,
0: too, is as long as we're talking about Jonathan Gannon, then we'll get into the coordinators a little bit more, and we'll get into Kyla Murray here on Cardinals Underground, but you know, there was a question about Jonathan Gannon and, and what his role will be, and part of that question was answered at the press conference that, that the new defensive coordinator will call the defense, and
1: then simultaneously not, not without giving me a little grief about asking the question yeah I,
0: I noticed what, what was he trying to convey you were a little presumptuous is that what he's trying I, I to, did you have inside knowledge no Darren, here, that here's, wasn't-
1: the, here's what happened because I went back and listened when he opened up the press conference he said I I'm gonna sit back and watch Nick run the defense I heard run and I made the jump to calling plays I didn't really realize that that was the exact word, so I was just kind of trying to confirm that, and obviously he hadn't said that, and I felt a little bad later. But when I heard run, I just, you know, that's what I think of when you say you're going to run the defense, right?
0: Well, you got the answer you're looking for, right? I did. We got confirmation. I did. That indeed Nick Rollis will be uh, the play caller. And so and look, earlier, by like an hour or so, uh, the owner, Michael Bidwell, had completed the Pash Pod, Dave Pasch and his podcast, where he confirmed to Dave, and I'm quoting loosely, that Jonathan Gannon will assume a more traditional head coach's role, letting the D.C. and the O.C. do their thing, and he's going to devote extra time, said Michael Bidwell. Gannon will devote extra time to the offensive side, and who's going to start the season as the quarterback. So to start things out, there'll be some extra attention paid, and then there was some news about the quarterback situation. Beyond Kyle Wells, twofold. We might as well get into that right now. Number one, Michael Bidwell would not be surprised if Kyler Murray did indeed play early in that timeline, sometime early in the season, as opposed to mid-season or thereafter. So no predictions, nothing specific, but the fact that Kyler's age, 25, and also the fact he appears to be a fast healer and things are progressing very well, that he would not be surprised whatsoever to see Kyler on the front end of that timetable. And then... Number two, uh, there's more than just one quarterback injured on the Arizona Cardinals roster.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I mean, Michael Bidwell on the Pash Pod, uh, which, uh, you can find on all fine podcast platforms as well as azcardinals.com. Um, he did not get specific on whatever it is that's ailing Colt McCoy. Um, we do know he had that calf injury that bothered him a chunk of the season, um, I don't know if he had any other kind of
0: yeah the concussion at the end of the season if, if there was
1: a knee thing or what I don't know um, but Michael Bidwell didn't mention it but he just said with whatever it was um, Colt McCoy is trying to get healthy and there was a good chance he was going to miss part or all of the off season getting better at that so this the Cardinals would probably need a quarterback because you're not you might not have Colt for the off season and we know you're not going to have Kyler um, there are other two quarterbacks right now. Trace McSorley is an unrestricted free agent, and David uh, Blau is a restricted free agent. So right now, as we sit, there are no quarterbacks available for the offseason, period.
0: So if there was an OTA tomorrow, uh, Danny would be warming up right now? Is Clearly. that what you're saying? Well, no, okay. didn't, we,
1: didn't we clear this up? She was uh, going to be a cornerback or a wide receiver if yes, she played, we did. so yeah. that wouldn't okay. be her.
2: Not a quarterback. Okay.
0: So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at – I jotted down the quote. Um, you know, Colt is coming back from injury as well, is what Michael Bidwell told Dave. It will limit him during the offseason. We're going to definitely need a quarterback who can help us out during the OTAs. I know Colt can still play, and Colt feels like he can still play. So he's not out of the picture. He's just not part of the off season, at least when we get around the OTAs. And you will start earlier than teams with current – with existing head coaches, right? You get that extra week earlier? I
1: believe April – 4th is what I've been told is could be the start of the Cardinals thing, which I believe is a Tuesday. I think you can start that Monday, I think April 3rd. I'd have to check my calendar. But.
2: Gotcha. It's just interesting because if nobody really knows what it is that's ailing Colt McCoy, I'm saying nobody in terms of the three of us, what is it that it's already set to be keeping him out through OTAs? Does that mean he had surgery? Is, is, well, that, a, is that a possibility?
1: I mean – We can go ask the owner who knows. I mean, I'm not stunned that the owner would know something we don't.
2: I'm just saying, like, (laughs) I I, do. You guys think that that would have been a possibility, or you think this is just something? Maybe it's just taking time to heal, and he won't be ready. Or you're being precautionary. There
1: are. Lots and lots of players, especially when you're getting the information as we were from Cliff Kingsbury, there are lots of players every year that end up having some kind of surgery after the season, didn't end up on the injury report, and they just have to get things fixed or cleaned up or whatever. And so would that stun me if there was something with Colt? So not
2: a big concern right now.
1: I mean... All Michael Bidwell said was that he would miss the offseason. He said nothing right. about training camp. He said right. nothing about... I. So I got the impression it is just a timeline, and you're talking about a 36, 37-year-old player. Why would you have him out there in the off season when you don't need to? Now, you got a new coach. You got a new offensive coordinator. You got a new system. You want to have all those people out there. But, I mean, when I heard... When I listened to the podcast and I listened to how Michael said it, it sounded a lot less like, oh, my God we don't have our quarterbacks getting ready with the system and more like, yeah, we really need a guy to be able to throw out there for the rest of the team because that's what happens in practice. That's how I kind of took it. Yeah,
0: I I took it that way as well. I mean, you know, a camp body, an arm, you you would bring in for training camp that fourth quarterback, some of that, but Kyler's not going to be available for some part of the regular season, we presume, and you're going to need a backup to Colt McCoy in any case, so maybe that's where you bring in uh, a Jacoby Brissett, a Baker Mayfield, if you have any of these type of journeyman-type free agents in mind. Wow. Players that Andy have
2: history with some of these coaches. Baker Mayfield
1: already a journeyman in Paul's eyes.
2: I'm curious, I think, and this is probably jumping the gun a little bit as we have upcoming podcasts and we'll know more as we inch closer to that time, but I do think it will be interesting now as the coaching staff is starting to get composed as Kyler Murray continues his rehab Even if he's not going to be ready for OTAs and throughout the offseason, which we know will be the case, how active will he be? Will he physically be out here? Will he have any sort of role, be rehabbing out here? You know, as as we will start to inch closer to that, and I know we'll talk about that later. It's just as we're kind of talking about him and Colt McCoy and the quarterbacks of getting used to this system, probably more important now than ever in the previous years for him to be out here. It'll just be interesting, I guess, with rehab, what that decision will be.
0: By the way, you want the full list I jotted down of journeyman slash free agent veteran quarterbacks that are going to be available. Here we go. I do, please. Jacoby Brissett, Andy Dalton, Sam Darnold, Mike White, Baker Mayfield, Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew. That's the starting list that i throwing out there.
1: That's not Just a great. bad list.
0: And in terms of finalizing the staff, there's also what Jonathan Gannon told Peter King within the last week that he does have designs on am bringing in experience in fact here's the quote I'm gonna have some guys with major major experience worked into the staff because I value that too but as far as who's running the offense and defense age was never a factor for me what's in their brain and what their heart is its capacity and character one of his favorite phrases age isn't a prerequisite for firepower
2: oh is that how you guys feel King. about me
1: We'll see by the end. We'll render
0: a verdict. Wait by a the end, minute. Of when I bring podcast. up your
1: age, you get mad at me, and then, but you keep bringing it up yourself. I don't know. Well, understand.
2: because you bring it up with ill intent, Darren.
0: <laughs> OK. Mm-hmm.
2: Sorry, Paul. Sidebar.:
0: By the way, <laughs> how about the comments that Jonathan Gannon made I'm going to save Darren because he's about to be on the wrong the receiving end of the What about the comments that Jonathan Gannon made to Peter King about Kyler Murray under center?
2: I think all Cardinals fans erupted in joy. Did they not? Kind of already having, yeah. <laughs> a little all bit. or just Ron Wolfley? <laughs> <laughs> I did think of Wolf. Yes, just already having options and, and looking a little different than this offense has the last couple years. Really, this last year, I think fans were very excited when that story came out and seeing that online.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Um, it's it's interesting. Uh, Craig Rial, who d- drug out some older. Kyler quotes. I think they were from the beginning of the 2022 season, but about being under center. I mean, there's been a lot of conversation over why is he not under center? Kyler's not comfortable under center. And I think there's a lot to that. But the Kyler quotes were, if that's where they need me to be, I'm going to be there. And I do remember back in 2019, uh, right after Cliff got hired, the owners meetings were here at the Biltmore. So there's always a Morning, hour-long coach's breakfast where you get to talk to the coach for an hour. And I remember remember that, yes. One of the quotes from Cliff was somebody asked him about the shotgun, and he said, there's nothing you can't do out of the shotgun – or there's nothing you can do out of under center that you can't do out of the shotgun. I remember that, yes. So was Kyler not under center because of Kyler, or was he not under center because of Cliff? I I, I don't know. Now, 2019 is a long way – Before playing any games from where we got to the end. It's very possible at some point Cliff changed his mind said Hey, we need to do more of this and Kyler was like I'd really rather not I don't know But uh, I do think we're gonna see some of it and look what they were doing before wasn't working So you're gonna have to open your mind if you're Kyler Murray to me You're gonna have to open your mind and you're gonna have to try and get things uh, Go in a different direction
2: something else. I wonder if we're going to see different especially with this Eagles lineage, Michael Bidwell specifically touched on beefing up the offense and defensive lines on the Pash pod. Do you think that means we're going to see some more QB sneaks the way the Eagles were running?
0: Yes, unless it's outlawed by the rules committee in the offseason, yes. I think the rugby scrum is coming. No, Whether Kyler Murray likes it or not. Exactly. There's no – well, and look, here's here's the exact quote, or at least uh, there were multiple quotes to Peter King, but here's Jonathan Gannon. I think this offense will look much different. This guy does things that it completely handcuffs how you play defense at times. Talking about Kyler, I think we can take him to another level and unleash his full skill set. The key is putting Kyler more under center and not operating nearly so much out of the shotgun formation. We're not going to put him in the gun all the time, I'll tell you that much. We'll have two significant offenses with his skill set, one being under center and another being in the gun.
1: And Just imagine how many points you can score when you have two offenses on the field at the same time.
0: <laughs> so, and he went on to say the way to take pressure off the quarterback in the O line is to put him under center at times. So, you can't be predictable, obviously, in any setting, in any offense, in any scheme, and your play calling. But, you know, I talked to Wolf about this and the Big Red Rage. You know, you go back to this past season, even the season before, when we would have defensive linemen on. The Big Red Rage. They brought it up on their own. They take us back to a moment in a game. And Zach Allen was one of them. And he said, you know, there was this moment in the game against um, the 49ers. And and guess what? Trey Lance wasn't under center. He was in the gun. So right there, it eliminated half the plays I had to consider. So (laughs) dot, dot, dot. You're like, okay, wait a minute. If it's much easier for a defensive lineman to diagnose potential plays are coming his way when a quarterback is in shotgun, that's exactly what all the skeptics or critics of a shotgun-only offense are talking about. It doesn't stress a defense enough. It doesn't give that front seven enough to consider. And so, yeah, it seems like, in fact, the last quote he said, that's the missing piece, Jonathan Gannon. I thought they had with Kyler. They were in the gun all the time. When you're in the gun all the time, you don't make the defense defend certain play types. Now when you get them under center, the defense has to defend a lot more type of plays. So there's really two offenses I see us using, which then ties back into what he said at his opening press conference, that he has a very specific vision for the offense, despite the fact he's a defensive guy. ties into what Michael Bidwell said on the Pash Pod, that guess what? Uh, Nick Rowles is going to run the defense, and the head coach is going to take more of that traditional role with more of a focus initially on the offense, because there's a little bit more undefined right there. And he'll be working with Drew Petzing and and so forth. So that's uh, that's all interesting. Now we're going to hear from Drew Petzing as of the recording to this podcast within the next 24 hours, and then I guess we're going to find out how much of a conversation is he had with Kyler. How many? What's the over under on the number of shotgun questions to Drew Petzing in his opening press conference? I got at least three. That's my over. Are you going
1: to be able to get any of them off? I'm well, going
2: to take the under. I'm going to say two.
1: Two? You sure about is that? Is
2: this is this legal?
1: what asking just questions kidding. did you see the taking guy?
2: the over under
0: see the guy by the way some sports book he he had a 15 leg parlay all over unders he put down $5 and won 82 grand on what every single college basketball game he nailed the over under wow 15 of them mean he had to hit every one to win and he took $5 and turned it into 80 grand like <laughs> well, you know the, the astronomical odds on that not nearly as complex and by the way I'm gonna match Craig Greelew with some uh some numbers here, courtesy of next-gen stats if you didn't see him out there. Kyler led all quarterbacks in shotgun percentage last season, 95.4%. However, you know who's number two? Jalen Hurts at 94.2. Yeah. A scant 1% behind Kyler Murray. Although, since 2020, Kyler under center. Is only has been less than three percent of the time, lowest among all quarterbacks in the last three-year span. So to Darren's point, how much of it was Kyler? How much of it was the offense? How much was the scheme? Something else Michael Bidwell said, and this was the Dave Pash and talking about the offense, and I'm looking for that quote. Here it is: the intent with Kyler going forward is to try and say take some of the pressure off him. The way the offense was before, he had a choice on almost every play we ran. So we were making him think too much and putting too much pressure on him. What we need to do is play faster and play with that confidence that will come with, okay, I don't have to get a first down every down. I can hand the ball off. And Michael went on to say, I know they're going to put him under center quite a bit, meaning the new coaching staff, and that's going to take some of the pressure off. Interesting. Very interesting. Because for everything – that Kyler is he's still a young quarterback and he only had that one full year of college ball starting. And so with that in mind, if you can take some of that decision-making off his plate, may simplify things a little bit, you would hope that the result is he plays faster, more confidently.
2: That's something we have talked about was Kyler Murray. And we kind of touched on it with Tua and Dolphins of possibly losing that confidence. Not just the way the Cardinals played as a whole this past year, but the way that Kyler Murray was playing before he got hurt. And we talked about it seemed like whether that was confidence, maybe not in himself, but in the receivers he had and how hurt this offense was and the accuracy that didn't seem there, especially on those deep balls and some of the decisions that were being made. We talked about whether or not the confidence had taken a dip. So I don't have a problem if you're going to try and make some changes to try and bring that confidence back and allow Kyler to feel like he can be himself, especially as he's rehabbing from pretty gnarly injury I mean I know that it might not seem gnarly because of the way that science is and you know surgery and and how these trainers around the league are able to rehab and the players and all all that stuff it might not seem gnarly but that's that's a pretty big surgery to still be coming off of so I have no problem if you're going to try and change things up a little bit and simplify things and if things weren't working which they clearly weren't which is why we're sitting here talking about a new coaching staff I have no problem trying to make some changes
0: do you think that quarterback they go after in the offseason will be a dual-threat quarterback? A Marcus Mariota, for example. Do you think that's almost a must? I don't... Are you going to try and... Is
2: that, is that, is that fair, almost, to the rest of the offense? How are you, To find someone who's basically the generic version of Kyler Murray?
0: Well, in other words, I mean, you're going to spend this entire offseason installing an offense or let's face it, let's say Cole McCoy, that type of quarterback, and then how different does it have to be once Kyler Murray takes over? If you're indeed going to sign a quarterback, why not sign a dual-threat quarterback that everyone can get accustomed to in the new scheme and system so you minimize the learning curve for everyone and then the transition period when Kyler comes back? But just,
2: you'd have to be able to do it similarly to Kyler Murray's level and who's out there that would even be an option for that.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> right. I feel like yeah. you have
2: to do your offense the way you would with Kyler, and you're just using a backup quarterback and kind of adjusting mm-hmm. things if you had to do that in the middle of the season. And
0: that's why you drafted him number one overall because really you can count on one hand how many quarterbacks like yeah, Kyler Murray I don't, exist.
1: And the other question is: is again, how much are you going to be running Kyler Murray when he first comes back from yep. an ACL tear? Yep, good point. True.
0: How much are you going to be running Kyler Murray? period honestly I don't see a lot of quarterback power in his future I really don't um and besides he's been on the record from day one that he's much more comfortable with it being organic with being more of a Patrick Mahomes you saw what Patrick Mahomes did in the Super Bowl obviously with a 26 yard yeah. scramble right You're
2: talking about like in Vegas Kyler Murray
0: yes yes exactly you know what Uh, I go through my first three or four reads. It's not there. Um, Okay. Watch this. Time to improvise. Guess what? Uh, DBs have their backs to me. They're playing, you know, man, and they got their backs to me, and there's 20 yards open green in front of me. I'm gone, you know? So I I do agree with you guys. I I don't see a lot of Lamar Jackson run game. I I don't think – like Josh Allen. Daniel Jones ran it 17 times in that playoff win. That was remarkable to watch. Daniel Jones when they they all those design runs the Giants had in in that big win to start their playoff so I I am curious but then again Jalen Hurts had a lot of design runs did he not
1: Uh, again Nick Rollis said this to me about the defense but I think Gannon's gonna look at this totally which is I, I think I think it'd be real easy to fall into a trap and we're gonna say especially offensively, Jalen Hurts this and Jalen Hurts that. I, I'm not 100% sure it's going to look like that. I mean, the Cardinals don't have the same size of a quarterback. Um, they don't have the same size receivers at this moment. You're, you're just not. I,
2: I, 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 offensive line?
1: I, well, obviously the offensive line isn't good. I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to get more towards like how they're built less than like how good the roster is because obviously the Eagles roster is better they made a Super Bowl but um you know Rawls said look I'm not coming in here to copy paste hey look what the 2022 uh, Eagles defense did this is what we're going to do with the Cardinals no he's like I'm going to see who the players are for the 2023 Cardinals are and then that we're going to do it from that and that's that adaptability and again there's going to be guidelines you you have to have I don't you know Jonathan Gannon can talk about not having playbooks and stuff, but obviously there's going to be guidelines. But I don't I don't think there is anything set in stone. And I, I think it's dangerous to sit here and say, oh, they're going to look uh, they're going to try and replicate the Eagles offense right now.
0: By the way, that's a good segue here on Cardinals Underground. I'm here you, for you. Pacific Office Automation. The two-person game we're running right here. When you talk about adaptability and you're talking about personnel, it reminds me of what Michael Bidwell told Dave Pash in the Pash Pod about how the Cardinals' current system evaluating players for the draft is, quote, about to become our former system of best player available. And that's going to be in the past. That right now, Monty Austin Ford, out of necessity, is adapting to the Cardinals' current long-standing system. But through this draft. Through this draft, yeah. As soon as we get through the 2023 draft, guess what? In three, two, one, it's going to be blowed up. Somebody hit the big red button, and out it goes. And they're going to bring in a system that's going to look a lot like the New England or Tennessee draft evaluation system, modified to a certain degree, where, guess what? They're looking for specific traits. And characteristics in players that will fit the Cardinals system
1: going forward? I think that's interesting, and I, I like that idea, but it still comes down to players. One of the reasons the Patriots system worked so well for so long was because of number 12 behind center. Yep. I mean, they're still doing the same things in New England that they've always done in terms of finding players, and they've struggled. Because they don't have a quarterback. And, you know, it's it's funny. You don't get hammered as much, but the Patriots drafts have not been great. No. And, and again, Monty Austin Ford has made very clear, like, he, he is not same thing. I'm not coming here to copy-paste what New England or Tennessee did. Um, I'll be curious to know if we get more details on what those changes are. Is it, is it how they're grading? Is it how they're stacked? How does that exactly work? And how might that trickle down? I'm sure that the way the fans are out right now, they're fine with whatever change you want to make to how things are drafted because it hasn't gone as well as you would have hoped. Yeah.
2: Yeah. How do you say we get some more of that information at the combine in Indy next week?
1: I'm over that. I'm all over that. Yep. That sounds good to me.
0: Yep. Cool. There you go. Well, Michael Bidwell did confirm that the Cardinals are gonna be all about beefing up the offensive line and the defensive line in that order, the first two priorities, help at corner, he mentioned. Obviously, we got to get to the quarterback. We got to rush the passer, especially in the NFC West. You know, rebuild that D line, those D tackles, especially with J.J. Watt retiring. So these are all priorities. These are all front burner.
2: And he listed Zach Allen by name, a pending free agent, which I thought was interesting.
0: As a priority. And he said, Zach shares the sentiment. He wants to be back. Cardinals do want Zach Allen. What do you think? That might happen maybe during the combine week. Who knows? Uh, They get a deal done. It's your
1: own guy. I think there's a. I th- I think what's going to happen during the combine is, whether it's supposed to or not, I think Zach Allen's representation is going to get a good idea of what his market value might be, and then you can have some discussion.
0: <laughs> That's true. Uh, I forgot about that. It's sort of an open marketplace, all right, uh, with the meeting in the minds of the combine. You
2: think same with Byron Murphy?
0: Maybe, maybe I. Man, what is his status in the off season right now with that back injury? Is, is there a long-term deal in his future, or I think, is he going to have to be on a, a one-year and prove
1: it? I think that's a fantastic question because given his circumstances, he might be in a situation where it might have to be a one-year prove it. Yeah, it's so. And would that be here? Yeah. Or would he f- potentially follow Vance Joseph to wherever Vance Joseph goes?
0: But it was interesting – dear Michael, we'll also talk about Monty Austin Ford and just how he separated himself from the rest of the GM candidates because he was the single candidate who had actually vetted out a list of potential head coaches. He had actually done Zoom interviews last year on his own time, his own dime, June and July, during a dead period in the NFL. He got his list of Ted hand coaching candidates or so, and he did Zoom interviews, and he immediately ruled out a couple. And Michael said, you know what? In an offseason where we had to hire a GM and then hire a head coach, and oh, by the way, we were hosting Super Bowl 57. Yeah, it was clearly helpful. We were able to accelerate the process a little bit because there were some big names out there that mm, we weren't necessarily interested in based on a prior interview that Manny Awesomefort had had with said candidate.
2: And it makes sense. I can't remember where I read or saw it, but Austin Fort was saying he did that because he realized going into interviews of what coaches would he be interested in interviewing he hadn't actually met any of those coaches i think he
1: talked about it in gannon's introductory press conference it actually
2: there's been a lot of press conferences. i know i know
1: um albert breer credit to him he's the one who first brought it up before gannon got hired and brought up that's why gannon was on the list but awesome fort went into it longer and he and that's exactly what he said danny he basically said These these owners ask you in these meetings about who you would want to hire and you bring up these names and some of them you you've never actually had any personal contact with. And he wanted to make sure the ones that he did not know he got to know. And Gannon was one of them.
0: By the way, did you see on the Rich Eisen show, the lead anchor for NFL Network, they played the what if game on his on his radio program and the what if game had to do with the Cardinals in the next two years. And his what if went something like this. What if Kyler Murray doesn't come back? As soon as everyone thinks this season and gets to the point where there's so many losses in the season, and let's face it, the Cardinals are rebuilding that maybe they just decide to shut him down for the entire season, which I think is a complete long shot. But anyway, they're playing the what-if game, and they got airtime to fill. And they've already divested themselves of assets like DeAndre Hopkins, etc. So what if the Cardinals wind up in the same spot as the current Chicago Bears, drafting number one overall, Mm. and Caleb Williams is sitting out there?
1: Wow, this is a big leap all over the place.
0: And then the other guy jumped in and said, what, you're going to Rosen... Kyler Murray, using Rosen as a verb, because that's once upon a time what the Cardinals did to Rosen with Kyler Murray. And so they gave their own two year possible view on where the Cardinals could be going, which is intriguing because now what's happening with the Chicago Bears? You're hurting you're hearing trade rumors with Justin Fields, (laughs) are you not?
2: We already at that point in the offseason where it's just Talking about random stuff because you don't have anything else yeah. to talk about.
0: You know what? You're right. It
2: feels too early for that. Let's, not not necessarily you, Paul.
0: No, let's rip the latest uh, mock draft. And, and we love Daniel Jeremiah, but I, I got to rip this one. He has the Cardinals taking Tyree Wilson number three out of Texas Tech, and Will Anderson falling to number five. Okay. And I'm like, okay. Do I really know a lot about Tyree Wilson? How many games have I seen of Will Anderson? Okay, so I clicked on the scouting reports, and um. The scouting report on Will Anderson, as weaknesses, listed some minor matters. You know, his motor needs to stay turned up throughout the entire game. You know, uh, you know his stride length uh, at times. I'm like, well, okay, not everybody can be Chandler Jones. You know, little things like this. He needs to develop hand counters. Okay, all right, it's some nitpicking with Will Anderson. You want to hear the weaknesses on Tyree Wilson in the scouting report on NFL.com? Lacks explosive get off and ability to bend. That's kind of a problem for an edge rusher. That's the first weakness. Play can be upright and narrow at the point of attack.
1: That's a significant okay. problem. Can I can I stop you right there, Paul, for a but second? But wait, Darren, there's more. I guess slower, no, you're
0: not. Slower to process movement and loses his contain, allows blockers into his frame, and needs to attack blocks. Okay. These seem to be pretty major flaws this is in NFL. a pass rusher's com, game. Yes, right? this is one of those Chad Reuter did the scouting okay, report.
1: So NFL.com has this scouting report, yeah. and NFL.com has a mock draft having them go in the top five.
0: Exactly. There, something's not in sync there. That's what I'm saying. Well, I guess
1: that's my point. Like, either he's not a high pick or he is a high pick. If he is a high pick, then the scouting report sucks.
0: That's my point is the scouting report belies the draft position on NFL. Both appear okay, on NFL.com.
1: So you are I, I thought you were talking about the possibility because there was another mock draft that I saw. I forget who did it. It was not NFL.com that had the Cardinals taking him and Anderson going to the Seahawks at five.
0: Yeah, that, I might not have explained this very well. Oh, is off that the what, top. Is That's that, what I was saying. Okay, yes. that's right. So Tyree Wilson, number three. I guess that's
1: what my point.
0: Will Anderson falling, but Will Anderson's flaws on this same platform, NFL.com, yeah. are very minor. Well,
1: but but see, I'm I'm saying take Will Anderson out of it. Kay. Will Anderson has nothing to do with it. My point is 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 the guy a top five picker? Is he not a top five? Like I'd like to know what Chad Ruder thinks where he should get drafted because with that scouting report. Right. well that's like a third round pick right <laughs> I mean, you know. I'm being serious yeah
0: I know that's what I thought I mean so I mean every single mock draft out there has Tyree Wilson going top 10
1: okay but see that's what my, my but, point
0: but you look at these flaws you're uh, like
1: see that's where I get that's where I have the issue like if you that's why I want to know where he would put him, because every year you find that where it's like some dude who ends up going top 10 even in hindsight guys that end up being really good and some guys like oh yeah he, he was a th- he's a third round pick.
0: During his sophomore year, by the way, at Alabama, Will Anderson was nicknamed the Terminator. Uh, more please. I'll take the guy who at Alabama was nicknamed the Terminator and Some, won the Bronco Nagurski Award as a sophomore.
1: Somebody, somebody had Terrell Suggs as a third-round pick when he was coming out. I remember that very
0: because of the bad forty,
1: right? I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I, they had him as a third-round pick. Okay, you can argue he should be going later in the first, but as a third-round pick, the yeah. dude had twenty. Six sacks or twenty-five sacks with ASU is last year.
0: By the way, Will Anderson was SEC Defensive Player of the Year two years in a row. Just, just thought I'd throw that out there before you give me the Tyree Wilson stuff and all the major flaws in this guy. I'm sorry, Danny. I went off on a rant. Don't apologize. I just, you know, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, I just uh, it's it's going to be one of many when it comes to these mock drafts between now and late. He's going to mock the mock draft. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We put the mock in a mock draft. You're, you you're the, right. You feel the you
2: feel about mock drafts the way Darren feels about power rankings. <sighs>
1: I'm not a big fan of mock drafts either. Okay. I'm just cynical, though, and, and I've right. been around this a long time. And it's like, no. I, even the draft process, and I know fans get really upset because so many fans love the draft process. And I'm kind of like, hey, could you just let us know what, who the Cardinals take and I'll write about them. Can we just skip ahead of that? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, like,
1: bring on the Combine!
0: Think of last year, right? Think of last year, everything we put into the draft, and then we found out on draft night, uh, yeah, middle of the point. first round.
2: I recall. <laughs> you recall at the draft I re- party. Oh
0: yes, because I was up there. I recall there. being on air. Yes, we were all biding our time. You were filling time. I was biding time hosting the draft party. I had one eye on the car on the Suns playoff game on the big screen.
2: And then one eye for the and, NFL I guess you network. didn't see the plane yep. land, but. Yep,
0: and then a, the little dramatic reenactment once again in my earpiece. Hey, Paul, blah, <laughs> blah, blah, And I'm like, okay, calm down. Uh, we just traded our pick. Really? Yeah, we traded for Hollywood Brown, the Ravens receiver. Yep, and he's gonna be there in like 15 minutes. He's gonna be here. What do you mean he's gonna be here? He just got traded from Baltimore. No, he's on the way from Vegas with Michael. I'm like, okay, well, um, guess that's been in the works. Oh, great. So uh, from there, we had the Hollywood Hollywood chance break out at the Cardinals draft party. So you never quite know what's gonna ex- happen exactly. You know, I mean, heck. If they can release Fast and Furious 10, because I just saw a trailer for Fast and Furious 10 the other day, then anything's possible, right? I've never seen
2: any on. of them. None of them?
1: Oh, that's it. None of them. I've seen uh, one of them, maybe. I saw, I, actually, one of the ones I saw wasn't even the, I saw the spin off one with The Rock and. Uh, what's his name
0: oh yeah and uh uh stidham or whatever uh, jason's yeah. Yeah. yeah Jason's
1: yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed that one yeah that's fine
0: i guess i mean it's uh they, they've gotten progressively worse that's that's for sure i think most people would agree the uh poly in me is that i will actually buy a ticket and go to fast and furious 10 just for the cars so uh that's basically in the stunts that's reason I go and I'm not really proud of it so any final thoughts uh any other Gannon vibes that uh you know have been overwhelming that you feel compelled to share any other encounters uh, Darren you said you were behind the scenes during the photo shoot anything else Danny did you have any one-on-ones in the brand new tv studio that I haven't even been I don't think my key card even works for the new tv studio to be honest with you they don't even allow me in there
2: the only one-on-one interview I have was with Head coach Jonathan Gannon, which I thought he was pretty good at, not to toot my own horn, but he had some pretty good answers. It showed off just a small part of our new studio. There's still parts of of the studio we haven't shown off yet, but it's really beautiful. So go check that out on the Cardinals' YouTube channel, website, social media channels. Speaking of which, Cardinals' flight plan is returning. Premieres this season, premieres Thursday at 7 p.m. on the official YouTube channel. For those of you who don't know... It's an exclusive behind-the-scenes docu-series about the organization, and there's going to be a couple episodes throughout the offseason. Normally, we do it throughout the year as well, but with Hard Knocks, we weren't going to compete with that. So I know this first episode is really going to be focused on, I believe, hiring Monty Awesome for it, and really on Jonathan Gannon and the start of this coaching staff, and it's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool. Thursday at 7 is when it premieres.
0: It's gonna be some appointment viewing, no doubt. I mean, that's gonna be some good stuff behind the scenes. Think of I mean, think of what's all just the little snippets that have been released on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, a number of talk shows around the country. In fact, that's how Rich Eisen started the segment, was they played the video and played the audio of just all the interactions, Jonathan Gannon meeting the players and dapping it up and all that kind of stuff. And and and, and the crew, because there's a number of, you know, bit players in that radio show, were all amazed at the access. That was their comment. That was their immediate reaction is, you know, they don't see azcardinals.com or the Cardinals YouTube page very often. Probably they're on the East Coast. But, boom, the first thing their reaction was, wow, look at that sort of access. They're following them everywhere in the facility. And you're right. There's a reason why it's won Emmys because of the all-access in this series.
1: And it's kind of gotten a little bit of a facelift. It's been around since 2018, the series, but new theme song. I think a, a new. Uh, we have a new editor uh, new main editor who's kind of taken a little bit different tack to it. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's 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 worth checking out on a lot of different levels.
0: Okay. All right. There you go. We'll leave it with that. We'll leave, you know, Daniel, leave him wanting more, and boom, Cardinals' flight plan.
2: Well, not only that, Paul, but we will not be with you in person next week for Cardinals Underground. Darren mm-hmm. and I will be from the Combine at Indy. So we'll still have an episode, but okay. we will not be here in person with you, unfortunately.
1: Over the phone, I'm thinking.
0: So what is the game plan? You guys are going to be there most of next week. Is that when the combine is? Monday
2: to Friday.
0: Wow. Okay. All right. There you go. And so, uh, yeah, you guys tell me. I'll be on your schedule. You guys are racing around. I'll accommodate whatever fits your schedule the best. And uh, do tell. I always look forward to all the anecdotes and information we you guys actually, bring from Indy.
1: Now that I think about it, well, to We'll have to see what the timing is. But I mean, there's probably no reason why we can't just record this as usual because we're going to be two hours ahead and it'll be at the end of our day.
0: This is a rhetorical question, but you already have your dinner reservations, restaurant reservations. You already have that line up. Are you
2: kidding me? For St. Elmo's, (laughs) as soon as we had an idea of the headcount, probably two or three weeks ago, I made a reservation. And believe it or not, even then, it was only like. Two time slots available for this one day for a party of our size, which isn't even that big.
0: See, how many years have you been going to Indy, Darren, Me? for the Combine?
1: I've been there every year since 2001.
2: This is my third year.
0: See, and what was I just guilty of? When I said dinner reservations, I looked at Darren just because of the experience factor. But see, experience has nothing to do with the age when, in fact, Danny was the one who got it done and executed it. So that's how we come full circle, do we not?
2: Thank you, Paul. That
0: whole that whole <laughs> thing about Right, age and experience and knowledge, and if I can remember the saying exactly, it'd be a lot better.
2: What's the saying? If you want something done right the first time, have a woman do it.
0: <laughs> there you go. Right, I've something along those lines. One, Here it is: Experience is not synonymous with
1: knowledge. Have a 29-year-old woman do it.
2: I wouldn't know. I'm not 29.
1: Oh, oh wow! Jesus. Can always get worse, <laughs> and it just did. Oh, there
2: goes! There goes! There
0: no bingo. Way. There's no way that happened. There's no way that happened.
2: Wait, we both got bingo. That's amazing.
0: Now we're really done. A Cardinals Underground brought to you by Pacific Office Automation. No way.